The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear friends, today we commemorate an event that ignited the Protestant Reformation that began 503 years ago. Martin Luther posted his 95 theses for debate on the door of the castle church in his university town of Wittenberg, Germany. Ultimately, Luther wanted to make the church a better place, a more genuine embodiment of God's kingdom in this world. I can't think of a better way to honor the spirit of all these church leaders did to make the church a better place than to welcome and uplift the children that we have in our midst in this congregation, the unique way that we involve children in our worship. But leading in the church and seeking to make it a better place can be challenging and a confusing task, even and especially in the midst of a pandemic. We need an understanding much like the prophet Jeremiah did in our Old Testament passage today. Because when we really study this passage from chapter 31, we quickly realize that there isn't much that qualifies us for knowing God. Actually, it's nothing. Being made in God's image is what allows us to know God in a truly intimate way. All it takes for us to have that chance to truly know God is for there to be nothing between us. And the only something that truly gets in the way, that gets between us and God, is sin. God will always know us even when sin is in the way. That is a benefit of being God. God can still see clear as day through our sin, even though it mutters the waters, muddies the waters of this life. But we are not so fortunate. It can be difficult to see through our sin, to see God in the midst of our suffering. It takes a spiritual cleansing and a confession and repentance for us to remember that our sin is washed away through the saving love of Jesus. 
But faith and the life of the church, it can be a fickle thing in this broken world. Both can fall victim to sin and evil. It can lead God's children in the wrong direction. Faith can feel dry. It can feel snuffed out. It can feel absent. But at other times, for many, it feels like a switch has been flipped. And faith can grow rapidly, and you can quickly feel connected with God. It's in those moments that we realize, although God and his promises never change, we do. Our covenants, our promises from God and our creation and our baptism are never forgotten, never nullified by God. They are forever and always present, renewable whenever we can have those moments to free ourselves from the sin that gets in the way of us knowing God. Because when we can do that, it is truly righteous worship of our God. In spite of the sin that can overwhelm us at times, faith is still possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Or as one of my former confirmation student puts it, our faith happens because God believes in us. In other words, God has faith in us, which allows us to have faith in God. God's love is so great and the Spirit's power so persuasive that faith can still be made in our broken bodies. It can still flourish because God first had faith in us. It's perplexing how God can have such a faith in this imperfect world. Some days I'm not so hopeful in what God honestly thinks off the record of our world today. I'm not even posing this with the pandemic in mind, but rather all of the darkness of sin in so many hearts in the world. However, in a more on-the-record vein, I know that because of Jesus, God thinks highly of the world no matter what. Sure, for this reason, faith is a mystery. Our relationship with God is certainly a mystery. But we still all know we have it even though we don't fully understand it. We believe in it, and we know we need God to help us through the Apostle Paul has impacted the faith of many Christians centuries over. Today's second reading from Paul's letter to the Christians at Rome, it stands as a central teaching and preaching passage for preachers throughout history, but especially for reformers like Martin Luther. Specifically, verses 22 through 24 that we've heard numerous times in the service already. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I can recall numerous students in my confirmation classes over the years who have referenced this sacred understanding in their faith statements. But it was a reference to another of Paul's writings in his letter to the Christians at Ephesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
And this is not your own doing, but a gift from God. Many have used this as an expression of faith and a reminder of the undeniable love and work of God. The main thing Jesus wanted to teach to help people understand was simply love in its truest and unadulterated form. How to love by serving others in humble service. It's a gift like when you loved ones are disappointed when you mess up but they know you aren't perfect and love you anyway. Forgiveness, love everlasting, the greatest gift of all. God has put too much effort into us and our lives to just walk away. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't expect us to at least try and reform our ways of being in relationship with God, but even more with one another. Because when we disappoint each other, it's easy to get angry over someone doing us wrong. But that truly leads nowhere, only to the vicious cycle of conflict, unending conflict. So it's better to forgive and love than to fight and hate. God could have adopted this approach of fighting and hating, but in God's wisdom, God chose forgiveness. God chose love. Our gospel passage from John is a perfect capstone to celebrating all that Reformation Day calls us to. Jesus spoke truth and freedom as things we could experience in this world through the amazing gift of God's love, no matter the realities of this world that communicate to the contrary. Martin Luther sought to continue in Christ's words just as we are called to do by echoing those words and ideas and understanding. That's why this symbol of the Reformation, the cross with the heart, is a central icon, a central image, a central symbol in this movement, in this teaching. And even when such words and ideals challenge us to love those who hate us, to even speak to them and acknowledge that they challenge us is an act of faith in itself. Thankfully, we have generations of faithful people to look for example in this regard. A powerful witness that began with the love that came from our families and their faith together. Martin Luther is remembered as for many important teachings and understandings in faith and in Lutheran circles. We joke about his quirky ways of getting his point across. And in one way that came in the form of adding, this is most certainly true, to the end of his explanations and by his powerful words when he was on trial for heresy at the Diet of Worms. Here I stand, I can do no other. Perhaps in the midst of a lockdown and self-isolation, here I stand, I can do no other has a significantly different meaning for you. And that is understandable. Although Luther meant it in the realm of unwavering and unapologetic doctrine about Scripture and our relationship with God, today we literally feel like all we can do is stand in one place, in our homes, and do no other. But the truth is, friends, 
brothers and sisters, for Luther and for us, that although we can justifiably or unjustifiably stand on our own principles, we can do more for our neighbors than ourselves, even in the midst of a pandemic. And to that end, we just need to look to the generations before us, how their faith stood the test of time and bore witness to the continuing of Christ's word, Christ's love, Christ's teachings. But we can look to our intimate Christian community here, gathered online in faithful and inspiring ways. Because we have all done our part to keep the faith and not in complete self-confidence either. And that's okay. But we have complete faith in Christ, that Christ can work through what he's got with our broken vessels. This is Christ's challenge for us in our gospel, in pursuit of freedom from selfish ambition that is ever so elusive in this dark and sinful world. So join me in thanking God for the faith and witness of generations before us and the witness of sisters and brothers in our midst. Thanks be to God for reformers like Martin Luther and each and every one of us who is called to make the church a better place. Thanks be to God for all the baptized who are freed in such love to serve others as they have been served. Thank you, dear people of Bic, for enriching my own faith in the midst of these trying times through your genuine and unique Christian fellowship. May God continue to bless you all as you have been a blessing to me. Amen.